Bookers, come on down! You have stumbled upon a pot of word salad at the bottom of a sometimes inappropriate rainbow. At the controls are indie authors Sintra Sullivan, Kay Banning Kellum, and David Atherton Cooper. I'd like to say they know what they're doing, however, as the official voiceover guy, I have sworn an oath of fealty. Welcome to the What the Book podcast, where scripts and pants are optional. Hello, bookers. Welcome to season two of What the Book. I am so pleased to welcome you. (laughs) We need a little clapper. Um, Of course, my co-hosts, I have two of the most deliciously delectable co-hosts in the entire world, David Atherton Cooper. Hi, David. Good evening. It's great to be back. And we normally have Kay Benning Callum, my beautiful Caleb. However, uh, New Orleans has fired up with super busy at the moment. He is super tired and we've given him the night off. So it's David and I, while the cat's away, the mice will play. So the the troublesome trio is now a delicious duo for the night. And let's see what mischief we can find, David. Oh, yes. I'm sure we can get up to plenty of mischief. It'll be great to have all three of us back next week. But the show must go on. The show must go on. And And he needs his beauty sleep. We've got to talk about it. We can't help it. He needs beauty sleep. Poor little darling. Yes. Oh, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No. I could do with I, I could do with some myself. There's, there's trust not me. enough sleep for me. I could, there's not not enough sleep to get this beauty going. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> let's get on with the show. Today we're talking about uh, fears. What happens on? What happens beyond the manuscript? So you've you've you know spent weeks, months, years, however long it takes you to write your first draft. You've typed mm. the end on it. You've popped the bottle of champagne. You've done a little happy dance in the kitchen, maybe devoured a cookie or a packet or two. Um, oh, I, that happy dance will be going on out of the kitchen. It'll be a conga line <laughs> all around the house and back to the yard. But eventually we're going to collapse in a heap and go, oh, right, oh, my Lord, what do we do you, next? What do you do next? Yeah. Exactly. What do you do next? You've got the manuscript. Holy shit. Now I've got to do something else <laughs> with it. Well, primarily, first thing is, of course, uh, to read it yourself. I would suggest. Uh, you know. Well, I'd actually, I'd actually go with. It's a habit I picked up. Um, but what I'm, what I really like is the idea of actually just read it aloud. Sure, sit and read it to yourself, but but read it aloud because you can hear the voice and the pace and the cadence. So I, I find. Things that don't quite work for me only when I actually read them aloud. Interesting, because I actually, um, I'm not sure if the, the listeners know or follow me on. Well, of course they follow me on Twitter. Everybody follows me on Twitter. Anyway, my laptop died what a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I, oh. and I um, managed, thank God, to retrieve my 30k worth of words off my work in progress. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, but I did get a new laptop, right? And, and uh-huh. she's her name's Envy, and she is very slick and and deliciously delightful. Uh, uh-huh. But she has a read aloud aspect to her, and I I didn't even know this. I I didn't know this existed, but I can press a button, <laughs> and she reads the book to me. Does she sound like the GPS in your car? Yeah, she doesn't sound the most sexy, but I would really like something <laughs> like you know. I was thinking Piers Brosnan or you know Sean Connery. Because you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind the British accent, uh, but um, then I thought, well, maybe Samuel L. Jackson might be more my style. <laughs> yeah, but it, but if all you're getting is Siri, that must be such a disappointment. <laughs> and then no, I think her name so, no no because well, Cortana's the one that started. Like I opened the laptop and she goes, "Hello, my name is Cortana. I am here to help you." I'm like, "Oh, hello, you sexy beastie," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Very exciting times. Okay, I digress. Back on to um, reading aloud. I can't do that because uh, unless I go to my office, in my car. Right. Because for me, the flow of the words is important. It's it's the rhythm. It's the meter on it. Even even if it's not poetry, and so hearing it spoken, I pick up all and 
but then I kind of go around in circles because I, I, then, then I want to keep changing things. Yeah. So, so how, how do I get past that? How do I get past this whole? Um, I suppose really the, the the fear, even if I've typed the end, and I'm and there's nothing else to to write, the story's done. How 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 the hell do I know that it's good enough? Oh, look, I, I was actually um, on a discussion earlier on Twitter about how um, how. Yeah, the effectiveness mm. of a, an editor per se, as in not editing yourself, going to somebody else and getting somebody else to edit it, uh, be it them a professional mm-hmm. or, you know, it could be a fellow author because we tend to see other people's errors far easier than we see our own. I can't see my, I seriously cannot see my own errors. <laughs> and it's not coming from an entitled, you know, holier than thou, uh, whatever. Oh, but if, if you're too close I just to it, don't you see don't... it because my head is already knows what I meant. So you know, it yes. just it assumes that oh, you know, I got this when I really don't have it. You know, so it needs to for me personally. Um, sending my manuscript. Uh, this is after beaters have got through it. Sending my manuscript off to mm, yes. a professional editor is the only way that I can ensure that. Uh, it's up to a standard that I would be comfortable releasing it into the public. When do you stop editing? Because I know many of people who mm. will use a professional editor, it'll come back to them and then they'll still play with it and they'll still play with right. it and they'll still play with it. And when do you stop playing with your manuscript? Sound like I'm, yeah, I'm using it's almost sounded sexual innuendos, then, but I really wasn't trying to. But in my mind, I was totally going well. To I, I, I was going to say, I, th- I thought that was just a boy thing. <laughs> if you have that problem too, I do understand. <laughs> but then, so you know, I've, I've, I've written this thing, I've, I have a, a, a couple of beautiful, wonderful uh, crit partners who help me while I'm writing. And I know I can throw ideas at them and they'll tell me that I'm full of it and go change it. Um, and they'll even, they'll read for flow and a beta reader will do that. But at the end of the day, whilst, you know, I'm English darling and I had a proper education, I know that my grammar is not spectacular and it's not perfect. And I, I write as a writer, I don't write as a reader. And so an, an editor would help with that. An editor will tell me if it's, if it's good enough, if, if there's just... <laughs> my my Achilles heel. Too many interesting little side characters who keep popping up and distracting from the flow. An editor will tell me that. And the others hopefully will too. That'll so, so, okay then, how the hell do I find an editor? How do I get a, a good editor who kind of gets my stuff and, and, and is really going to help and not just sit there and go, nah. Ah, trial and error. I know that's not probably what everybody wants to know because... Um, you really want to just be able to look at somebody and go, yes, be my editor. That's it. But it doesn't, it doesn't work like that because mm. an editor and author relax. Yeah. It's so intimate. It's so personal that you have to be able to uh, take their criticism and, and listen to them and know and trust that, what they're doing or saying is for your best, that they're invested in your book as much as you're invested in your book. So it's a real trust thing. And, you know, one editor might not be working for me, but she might work for you, you know what I mean? Because we're different people. We have different personalities and we have different needs. So, you know, what somebody says, oh, so-and-so is a great editor. Okay, great. Give them a chapter. Generally, most editors will 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 give a chapter free of charge, or you know, the first thousand words free of charge. Give them a thousand words, let them have a, a look through it. They'll correct it, they'll edit it, and they'll send it back to you with feedback. Read that feedback, get a right. feel for how they interpret your words. How you know if they're changing too much and you don't feel comfortable walk away it's okay walk away there's no there's no you know you're not going to insult mm-hmm. anybody you just goes that's not my style i don't you're not gelling with me and that's fine you know and you go on to the next one and you try that one but right. word of mouth's very good for sourcing um editors and if you're and trial them 
trial them. They don't mind. There is, they're trialing you as much as you're trialing them. But I tell you what, when you do find a good editor, hold on to them for life. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I guess, um, uh, I, I guess actually, I mean, sure, your editor is more of a professional relationship. You're probably going to pay them for their time because you know, editing's hard work. It's it's a real skill and it's very different. I've, I've got a couple of friends who I know are, are editors and, and do this work. And yeah, it, it, even for friends, I would want to be paying them for their time because they're going to put a lot of time and effort into helping me make sure this is the best it can be. So that's cool. But and maybe, I guess, ask around the writing community. Word of mouth, saying word of word mouth, of mouth is really good. Fuck it up on the yeah. writing community. I do believe I did the same thing. And I did uh, also when I was looking for a cover designer for a specific uh, image that I had in my mind, mm. uh, I put it up there going, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Who do you recommend? And it's amazing what people will do or recommend um, you know, and suddenly your DMs are all filled with people going, hey, let me have a look at it. Let me, What can I do for you? And whatever. And, you know, sort through them. See what you find. You'll get vibes for certain people and, uh, you know, you'll gel with them. But you need to have that connection both with your editor and with cover designers. And even, as to say, with your crit partners right. and your beta readers. These are people that you're trusting with your your words, your soul, your very essence of your creativity. You need to have a bond with oh, them, absolutely. you know, yeah. it can't just be any Tom, Dick or Harry off the street that you pull aside and say, hey, check my words out. It doesn't quite work like that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's cool. Okay, so so, yeah. so here's another one then. So I, I found an editor, they're, they're helping make it, make it good enough. But how, um, and again, particularly with 2020, the year brought to you by Stephen King, <laughs> How, how do I? <laughs> I saw that meme go around. A friend of mine said it to me recently. I just thought, oh, oh God, how isn't that? it? Don't you wear blaming for this, Mr. King. Oh, God, Caleb will be missing out totally on it. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. But actually, so, so, okay, here's the thing then. Partic- particularly right now. Um, so I have a, a beautiful friend who was uh, kindly looking at a, at a bit that I was working on, I scribbled out. And I have a character who is followed around by this ghostly spectral um, hound, for want of a better word. And, and in my mind, this thing looks a bit like my Uncle Mike's Dalmatian dog that I used to see as a kid. Right. And that dog was called Spook. And Spook, Spook is a ghost, it's a spirit. I thought it was perfect, so the character was Spook. And my beautiful friend said, you can't call it that. That's a really offensive term. And I had not even considered it. So how how do I, how the hell do I get around that sort of thing? How, how can I publish something that isn't just going to okay, well, people and cause offence? Look, being 2020 at the moment, um, sensitivity writing mm-hmm. is a big fear. And, and if it's not your fear, it should be everybody's fear uh, because, this world that we are yeah. currently in is so alive with, or so it's so exposed. Every nerve is exposed in the world at the moment. Well, it seems that way. And when you're going to write a story and put it out there for the world, you know, we have discussed in season one about writing what you know and researching what you don't know so that you know you make sure that you get sensitive writers if you're going to write a character or a scenario that you haven't specifically been part of or am not that so you get sensitivity partner or sensitivity readers for that at this very point in time it Mm. needs to be it almost needs to have sensitivity readers across the board because you know hollywood's pulling movies left right and center their, um, Netflix is pulling shows left, right and centre. Suddenly, you know, um, shows that... Sorry? And I, oh, I was going to say, and, and arguably those things should have been pulled. And maybe it is just because right now everyone is alive to this stuff, which, which might actually be one of the most healthy things that could have happened around the world ever, is if, if we all come out of this being more sensitive and aware and 
supportive of everyone and each other hey that'd be cool but it, yeah it does mean I, I guess it does mean that to a sensitivity reading well, is kind of essential I, uh, see half the oh, I don't know I get very on the fence about this because I don't like censorship I don't like mm-hmm. rules you all know this I say it all the time I'm a rule breaker um, but mm-hmm. There's just so many exposed nerves. I certainly ah see. There's a difference between being a rule breaker and being offensive. Now we don't want to be offensive. I never want to be offensive to people, but I do like to break rules. So there's a yes. There's a very well, fine line between the cool. two, and I think uh, readers, your beta readers, your crit partners, uh, your editors, um, and a sensitivity reader, if you need one. Um, will all help guide you with that. And if somebody comes up to you who's, you know, one of your trusted people, your, your tribe, shall we call them, mm. um, comes to you and says, hey, don't use that yeah. word, I find that offensive, or have you thought about that specific name might not be really something we're using at the moment, you know, yeah. have you thought about that? And you go, geez, I haven't, but thanks for bringing that up. I'll go and have a think about it. You know, and if you then still use it, then you use it because you you use it educated-wise. You know what you're doing. Um, if you then choose to Yeah, it's, it's a choice. And we've, we've always said, you know, exactly. I, I stand in front of my words and and they're, they're mine and, and I am to, inverted commas, be, you know, I am to blame if they offend people. And I'm, I'm sure uh, in, in every walk of life, there will be someone who will not like uh, or not appreciate something I've written, not a problem. But I, I guess that that maybe is it. It's it's about you know, we we don't we should be alive to the yeah, fact. Yeah, I think we need to be as writers at this present point in time. We need to be very aware of what we're doing with our words. Absolutely, and that should be something. No, yeah. no, perhaps not a fear, but we should be aware of what we're doing, um, and certainly aware of the okay. world as it stands at this point in time. Uh, one of our one of our um, yeah. people, uh, our bookers on the our we're on our Twitter, uh, John um, at mm. J Thomas eight one nine. He said that his biggest fear regarding writing is that the thought that one day he'll run out of ideas, or perhaps all the original ideas will be used up. Well, I know I know Caleb had promised uh. that he was going to call you out on this one. Well, not call you out, but you know answer you specifically. He's sleeping. Um, we're going to call him the sleeping princess right now. Uh, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, but then oh, I, I think okay. I've got, I think I've got an, go. answer, go. an answer to that one. Absolutely, because I've sort of wondered about um, I, anyone who knows me will know that I'm not exactly a scholar. I don't research easily or, or read things up. But years ago, I came across uh, references to the hero with a thousand faces. Joseph Campbell, and I absolutely drink his Kool-Aid. There are no original ideas. There are original ways to put things together. There is an original take and spin on anything, but there are only so many fundamental stories and shapes of stories that are out there. So every, every idea I have ever had and put down on the page will, if you really dig, be a version of one of these archetypes somewhere. It's the, the hero on the quest, yeah, the, um, the wise teacher who sets them on their journey. Ab- yeah, there's, there are patterns and they repeat. But you know what, though? The difference is that you, me, Caleb, John, anybody else who's listening, we're all different. We all view things differently. So if I set a challenge for 10 writers to rewrite Beauty and the Beast in a room, I would guarantee that I would get 10 different stories out of that room because they're authentic to their voices. It's how you as an author sees a specific scenario. Not Not that the idea is original, but your take on it is original because you are, in fact, original. So... That's where I think we'll yes. never run out of original takes on ideas. Yeah, I think maybe an individual can get a, a bit of fatigue and run out and can't find a great idea that moment. 
I mean, I, I find that we, we've talked about this before. I'm, I'm strange and freaky because I normally have five works in progress <laughs> sort of stacked up on the machine. I'm strange. But it mean, for me, it means when I can't find a good idea for one of them, one of the others will tap me on the shoulder and go, how about this? And, and I can I'm, just change tack yeah. and carry on. So that's how I deal with it. But, but yeah, you, you can get stuck with fatigue. And we, we mentioned that the last season. So, yeah, get out, go for a walk, go play in the park with your kids, <laughs> make sure they're your own kids, not somebody else's. That's bad. And, yeah, go, go distract yourself from whatever you're doing. You come back and suddenly Absolutely. it's all there. Absolutely. And even um, S.L. Brown, Sean's thoughts, Sean, at Sean's underscore thoughts, one of my most favourite people in the world. I love you, Sean. Um, mentioned that mm-hmm. um, his fear as a writer uh, was that his voice would be changed uh, when it comes to editing. Now, this is—I know this is a big fear for a lot of people with edit with mm. manuscripts. They send it to an editor. They think that this editor is going to chop and change and and remove words and paragraphs and mix it around. Oh, uh, it does. Oh, no editor that you want will do that. Editors do not change your authentic no. voice. Editors enhance your authentic voice. Uh, you know, a good editor. And if right. you have, yes. if you send your thousand words off for a trial and it comes back as 1,500 words of something that you didn't write, you run. You go find somebody else because that is not an editor that you want. Um, and like everything in every industry all over the world, there are going to be good and bad. So... Not every editor is going to be a good editor. Not every writer is going to be a good writer. You can't say that just because they have, you know, the certificate on the wall saying that they've passed the editor's course does not mean that they are the right editor for you. So make sure that you do, you know, you do your trial and errors with them. And they will, a good editor or the editor that's meant to be with you will not change your voice. They will keep it as authentic as possible um, while maintaining, you know, correct grammar because... That they're there for. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the, the key the key to overcoming that theory is to you know, experiment, pick your editor, and work with them. Don't just don't just Absolutely. give them everything. Absolutely, the thousand hope. words. They're, they're, I mean, that's just beautiful mm-hmm. that they do that because it really gives them a way of looking at your work. And I mean, and I've had people, I've had an editor once come back and say, "I just don't understand the character." And it was it's nothing to do with her right. her skills or my writing. She just it just wasn't her genre, it wasn't her thing. So she she was honestly saying, I just don't understand the character's voice. I don't I don't get where it's coming from. So I'm like, Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Move on to the next one. Because it's not that she's bad, it's just she's not the right one. So that's all, you know. So make sure you do a little bit of research with that. Um yeah, definitely. That's sounds good. It's good advice, but then, but then it goes kind of a little further down. So I've I've got I've found an editor that gets my stuff and gives me really you know, sends me back real corrections that make the whole thing more powerful and flows better and all that kind of good stuff. Fine. So now I've got an edited, ready to rock. How? Well, okay. So now, here's here's a fear. Do I have the time and the energy uh, and, and the, the resources to pour into self-publishing and self-promoting my work, or do I need to go down the traditional publishing route? How do you? How the hell do you? Face oh, that both one are going to cause you a lot of stress, though. This is the thing. You're in an industry where it's a, it's a lot of work, irregardless. It doesn't matter which way you jump. You're in for a lot of work. Self-publishing, it's all you. It's one hundred percent all on you yes you have your editors you have your cover designers but it all comes down to you um if you want to go mainstream then you need to find an agent there are some beautiful boutique publishers out there and you know and they're they're worth their weight Mm -hmm. in gold and they'll work very personally with their authors they're very select with their authors because they're boutique they can you know their their pool is smaller um Right. Yeah. So you get more attention from them, but then if they're smaller, and they, you're they still going to have to be doing a lot of the work, and you're still going to have to be putting up the money to go with it. Generally speaking, um, they work with you more than 
for you, so to speak, where say if you got an agent and went mainstream big publishers, like one of the top five, uh, you know, your, your yeah. Hache, your Harlequin, your Penguin, etc. I'm in a Schuster, these sorts of big publishers yeah. um, where they take your manuscript, they do it all and off you go. Uh, but your work is getting the agent. Holy crap, get an agent. Jesus Christ, there's a whole endeavor all of your own. Um... <laughs> you, you're not helping me here because you, you were meant to say, oh, no, it's dead easy. Just do this, 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 and you're done. Help, help me here. This is, this is not really sure. I'm getting, the list oh is getting longer, not darling, shorter. Darling, there is nothing easy, <laughs> but, geez, it's worth it if you can get there. Perseverance. Now, this is something that... Um, that is, is oh, I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of new authors get, uh, and I may lose followers for this. In which case, I'm sorry, but I will always speak my honest words, and I'll stand behind my words with them. That if you think you're going to write a book and you're going to put it out there and it's going to make you a million dollars, bestseller, mm-hmm. off you go. It's just not going to happen. It well, you know, it does, but the, the chances are so. So small, so minuscule. Right. Um, you know, perseverance is what will bring success in this industry. You know, you're looking at. Uh, I'm, I knew I'm you sorry, were going to say you've got that. To get in it for the long haul. You've got to jump in, <laughs> drop in, and ride the roller coaster. There's ups, there's downs, but it is long and arduous. The view from the top when you have those highs is. Oh, is simply breathtaking, but mm. some of those lows can be utterly devastating. You have to ride the ride. You know, 10 books later. But if you don't exactly, get on the ride, you, you don't know, get the highs. So You've got to get your yeah, books no, out I, there. I hear you. you know, one of the most common mottos or advice that I was given writing, you know, if you want to be successful is keep writing. Just write, 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 write. Get the books mm-hmm. out there. It doesn't have to. It's not about... And that's not meaning, you know, you have to get 10 books out every year, blah, 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 blah. No, that means you just keep writing. You get your head down, get the books written. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't got... Yeah, you don't just yeah, stick I them on a shelf a and massive, come back to them whenever. Um, I mean, I've got, okay, I've got books out there, yes, but I haven't put out 10 books a year. I think my, my most books I've put out in one year is... I think I might have scraped four, but that would have been made by a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and for some people, wow. some people go, you know, that's, that's a lot, a lot of, work. of work. I have four kids. I have a day job. It's possible. Um, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, okay. the, the, the best success that you're going to get from writing is to keep writing because like music, like movies, like anything else, uh, it's what did you do last? What did you do last? Not what did you write last year? What did yeah, you I do guess. last? What was your last book out? You know, mm. and one of my biggest fears, and here I'll take I'll take bookers and I'll take you, David, on uh, a little insight to a personal level of Z. My goodness. here we go. One of my mm-hmm. okay, one of my deepest fears that I have at this specific point in time is that I have not published a book in almost a year now as an indie author right so will Will everyone have have wandered off and forgotten about me will they not buy my books because now they don't know who i am anymore and this is a huge fear of mine i have i have a book coming out next month Mm. and i am terrified it's like releasing my first book again um I, I don't know quite how to explain it, but it's, it's a fear. And, you know, because it's the pressure of keep on going. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. And then you get so swamped by it. Um, I don't Yes. That if, that if you step away from it for any length of time, then the wheels turn and move on. You've got to try and get back on the ride. And, it, um, and it's a fear. I have fears. Mm. Everybody has fears. That is one of Z's fears at the moment. Uh, hopefully people haven't really forgotten about me too much. And when they see my new boner book come out, they'll all be like, ah, I want my boner. But, um... <laughs> nice one. Uh, and and bumper, bumper stickers this time. Pop sockets for the back of your Definitely. phones, people. Pop sockets for the back of your phones. 
So, um, nice. You know, we all live by a lot of uh, what ifs and how do we do and what if it, what if it, what if I make a mistake? What if it goes wrong? What if things fall apart? Well, let me tell you something. Okay. From, from my point of view, having, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what, 15 odd books. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, there is nothing that can't be fixed. If it falls apart, pick it up, put it back right. together, go again. I put it up on my Twitter page the other day. If your book is up, just because you've published it doesn't mean you can't tweak it. If the cover's wrong uh, or you feel it's wrong or if the blurb's wrong or if you feel you, you need to put something inside uh-huh. it more or, or rewrite it, you can pull it down. You can change the cover. You can change the blurb. If it's not working, pull it down, tweak the bitch, and put it back up again. Re-release it. Try try and make it around something eventful. Like, for instance, my mm-hmm. Halfway House series is getting a complete recover. It's seven books. whole lot getting recovered. They're having right. a six-year publiversary um, in a couple months, and the whole lot's being re-released for its six-year publiversary in brand-new clothes. So, right. And is this an excuse for you also to exactly, tidy up a few exactly. things, loose ends behind the scenes, or are no, you just, I'll dress them up, just dressing I'll them, them in I'll new clothes? I'll pull them all down. I'll go through and tweak a few bits and pieces, add in a little bit for people who want to reread them, um, you know, and find, like, little Easter eggs mm-hmm. I might have hidden around inside it, uh, rewrite the blurb, put pretty new covers on it and re-release nice. it as a new box set. Um, it's a way of getting new sets of eyes, new readers, new whatever. But the point is that just because you published it doesn't mean you can't play with it. Oh, God, I'm playing with it again. Again, it's just I'm cool. on the words of playing with it at the moment. Aren't I? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, look, okay, okay. Um, I'm going to take you on a completely different tangent. But here's, here's something that, that was bugging me. And it, it came up hmm. about uh, what, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, and linked to this idea of maybe how the hell do I find an agent? Oh, what is this Pitmad oh, thing? I've been see- I-, I was seeing hashtag Pitmad, and a bunch of my friends were getting on it and, and doing I- stuff. And I'm like, Bleh. what? Yeah, is this just ah, I-, I tweet well, and I get an agent? I how does this work? I guess pitmag.org, if I'm correct. I'll put the link up on the Twitter page for people to go look at. Happens four times a year on Twitter. Um, where you get one tweet to pitch your book. You use some hashtags, of course, the PitMad hashtag, but you'll also um, use, like, uh, if it's a, an adult or a YA or, um, you know, whatever little hashtags that agents can find you easier. And what happens is that, you know, Twitter goes mm-hmm. on fire with pictures everywhere Um and you're allowed to retweet yes. them and you're allowed to comment on them. But as but the like, the little tiny little love heart is reserved for agents only. So you try not to like people's pictures, even though it's a natural instinct. It's very difficult not to like them. Um, you know, the best thing you can do for your yes. author friends is just to retweet their, pe- their pictures. So if, a, if an agent likes it and puts a little right. love heart next to it, they're inviting you to send your query letter, your synopsis, your first three chapters to them. They'll normally have a pin post up on their page with right. their specific instructions because every agent works differently. Every agent wants different things. So, you know, then you get, you, okay. you get your little love heart and you go and check them out because you want to make sure that they're legit. Uh, you don't want to just send your work out to every, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, Dick and Harry. Uh you found your idea, you, you know, you've gone and looked and your agent's correct. It's on Query Tracker. You can see them. They've got their credentials up there. You're like, yeah, oh my God. You send them your, your query letter like you would any other agent. And then you cross your fingers. See whether. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, a pre query. And then, and then they'll either mm-hmm. ask you for the, okay. the rest of your book, uh, they'll request a manuscript, or they'll say, no, I'm sorry, it's not the right fit for us. One or the other. Fair enough. Okay. No, that, that's that's cool. All right. So where are, where are we at? What have we? You, you've dealt with my fear that it's not good enough, that I'm going to cause offence. 
I feel like I look good for you today. Figure don't out I? how to find an oh, editor. Like the awesome. Fountain of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zintra, <laughs> the, the kind author fairy call godmother who picks the struggling writer up out of the gutter and dusts him and sets him on his back. Nice. I said fairy godmother. <laughs> I, there was no reference to fairy godmother. I'm older than you anyway, so get back <laughs> in your box. So, what else gets in the way? I'm, I'm going to publish... And I'm going to be judged. People are going to read my words, and they are going to—they're going to judge me based on the work that I've yeah, done. How the hell do I cope with people? That? Uh, when do you know it's good enough? When do you know? When do you know that you're going to be able to press publish? Well, even if I know it's good enough, how the hell do I deal with all those out there who just go, "Shit, you crap." How, how do you, you just handle that? go buy some Oreos and eat them in the corner? No, <laughs> look, people, you can't please everybody. That's really it. <laughs> Bad reviews. You're gonna. Am I am I allowed to get the cake? Because I'm not a fan of Oreos. Um, look, you're never gonna please everybody. It doesn't matter. The main thing is you read your book and you're happy with it. If you're happy with it, press publish. Take the risk, people. Don't sit back for years and, and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak. Yes, I'm talking to you, David. Get on with the book. Don't do it. Get it done. Yes, okay. Ready it up. Get it out there. Take that leap of faith. You are destined to be writers. You are destined to do this. You have a story to tell. Then Pretty it up. Yes, please use an edit. Oh, okay, self-edit if you want to. But, oh, God, I love a good editor. Um, make sure it's pretty. Press mm -hmm. publish. Take the jump. You know, you can always you can always tweak it later if you need to, as I said. But take the jump. It's such a beautiful view from the published side. It is phenomenal. Um, okay. I, I, I can go with that. But. But here's, here's an interesting little sort of side spin, particularly for me, because I've got, um, I've got five, five works in progress across three different genres. Uh -huh. So here, here it gets interesting. So can, can I just, how, how am I going to do this? Can I publish all of those just as me under my name and, and not dilute the audience and, and, and not mix everything up? Or, or should I really be coming up with a pen name if I've got something ah, in a completely see, different genre. Now you did that's a big hornet's nest all of its own, David. You, uh, pen names and real names. You'll either find people go one way or the other way. I me personally, ask me me personally, um I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of pen names, but mm -hmm. I want to own every word I say. I don't care if it is the dirtiest mofo piece of writing I've ever written in my life. I still want to own it. I don't care if it's uh, a children's book. I want to own it. They are my words. I will stand behind them. However, how my my little mm. side butt that goes along. I hear a butt. My little butt, little butt that goes along with that, um, is that I would possibly have my name in different derivatives. So, like you know, my mainstream, my my indie books are published under Sintra Sullivan. So if mm -hmm. I did, you know, um, uh, mainstream erotica, then maybe I might do D Sullivan. Or, you know, if I did a children's book, I might do Z Sullivan. So while they're all linked to me, they're still mm. separate entities as well. Um, so I'm all I'm a big believer in tweaking your name to suit different genres, but I would still keep them as your name. Now, however, bookers, please don't DM me telling me that pen names are good. They are. If you want to use a pen name, you go for it. You can use a pen name. Ah, everyone has reasons for different things. I don't care. Just get your books out there so I can read your wonderful words. You know. In, absolutely, I, I kind of like the, the derivative name idea, and and here I've here's a weird little challenge. So uh, uh, David Atherton Dash Cooper, yep. it's a it's a long yep. name to yep. fit on the spine of a book on a shelf. Probably works better online than than on paper, but in fact, the, it, it's something I'm actually sort of dabbling with. Do do I do I go back to my maiden name? Do I just or D A Cooper? I don't know. Haven't figured that you one yet. Do D A Cooper? Could you be. Could... 
Uh, or Dak. As yeah, a, or as just I'm David Cooper or uh, D.A. Cooper or David Atherton or, you know, D. Atherton. There's a lot of different ways that you could do it depending on what genre you're, you're choosing to put it in. And yet they all are still you. They can all still be linked back to you because I don't know about you. I, I'm, a, I'm a relatively lazy person. Or, oh, yeah. I have a lot of shit on my plate, okay? It's not that I'm lazy. I just have a lot of shit on my plate. And I don't want to, I don't want to okay. have to I'll do a that. website for five different genres because I'm using five different pen names. I don't want to have to monitor mm. five different Twitter pages because I'm using five different pen names. I, I don't have time for that. Um, so if they're all derivatives of my name, then they can all be linked back to one page, one website. Uh, that's how I just I, right. I wouldn't have time to do that. So, so ha- having the audience be able to find you, having the right audience to find you easily, and not having them wander off all over the place and give yeah, you this I, huge headache of trying I to maintain it. I just I wouldn't have the time uh, to do it to maintain that many different uh, personas. I, I'm flat out maintaining my my normal self, let alone a persona. As well. Oh god. <laughs> I can't. You're no, not a Gemini, darling. A you Gemini. wouldn't understand. No, no. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, as if people want pen names, I understand I've heard every reason there are to have them, and they are some awesome reasons. And if that's how you want to do it as a writer, well, guess what? You have that choice. You're an indie published author. Even going mainstream, you can choose whatever name you want. It, it, you know, this, is, this is your choice. So embrace that and 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 yeah. use what you need to do. But uh, personally, oh god, no! I just it's just all me. Just <laughs> okay. Well, we can we I can I can work with that. That all that all sounds pretty good. So we've we've kind of we've kind of covered a whole host of fears, and and I'm sure there are more. Everyone has, but it sounds at the end of the day like you're saying. Have the, have the courage well, to see, actually that's just it. write it doesn't matter it whether there. it's your first book, whether it's your 10th book, whether it's your 20th book, 30th. It doesn't matter. Every time I publish a book, there are fears that go along with mm. that. Will it be accepted? Will it trigger somebody? Will I have trolls attached to this particular book? Will, you know, will, will somebody pick it apart? Will, oh, it goes on and on and on. The fears, it doesn't matter which book it is. Will, will people still remember me? It's been a year. Oh, please, bookers, remember me. Um, you know, every time you publish a book, you're going to have fears. The, the, the courage you need to have in order to press publish right. is what will make you a writer. So sum it up. And, and honestly, have a few shots before you press publish. It worked on my first one, and it was really great because by the time I pressed it, I'm like, oh, I'm the next J.K. Rowling. Woo-woo! Off we go, you know. Uh, <laughs> Although possibly not as insensitive well, to, to um, how her comments are received, you know, like, um, yes. you know, but you know, a couple of shots later, and and you can have that little bit of Dutch courage to get over the hoop if you need to. Um, but certainly, it's courage. It's and and belief in yourself. Believe in your words. You've got this, Bookers. You've got this, David. You can do it. I totally, one hundred percent, believe in every single one of you. We will give that a go then. That's and if you yeah, need my no, that, help that, to push you over the line, cool. I have a lovely size nine foot and we'll kick you up the butt to get you there. It's all good. Fair enough. So cool. And talking about getting things over the line, I believe that our fabulous co-host, uh, Caleb he does. Vexed and venerated, vexed and venerated people, and check it out on Amazon. I have read it; it is fantastic. Uh, he has such an amazing way with his imagery that um, certainly hooks you from the word go. And uh, he did the cover himself from his own photo, so you know that's proof again. That, and it's a beautiful cover that you don't need to go and spend hundreds of dollars to get a book out there. You can do it yourself too, and and it's fine. Um, however you want to do it is fine. Uh, so, but definitely vexed and venerated. Uh, Go he's, grab he's a, it, bookers. He's a talented man. I'm still working my way through Chris, Chris and Juju and enjoying every minute of it. So we'll, we'll catch up. And I believe 
you have something in the world. Oh, Descent. Is I'm still Descent writing Descent. That's coming? my fourth dragon book. Uh, the one coming out in um, July next mm-hmm. year, oh, next year, next month, um, is How to Lose Death in 10 Days. That's my second uh, Days of Death series, my boner book. So for you people who um, know my boner, he is yep. six foot tall, uh, deliciously naughty and um, socially awkward, generally speaking. He's the reaper. He gets he retires from his job and moves to a small town. Check out Once Upon a Death, of course, is already out there, and How to Lose Death in 10 Days will be coming next month. Um, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So if we're, yeah. talk, if we're talking about death and Let's, haunting and, and everything days. creepy and spooky and horrific... Let's play I think game. we right. should. So we, played, we should play um, a game. When with Caleb, we've played the island game a couple of times. So this time, I wanted to take it a little, a little darker, mm-hmm. a little darker. Let's. Um, if you have to spend, mm. David, if you have to spend the night in a haunted house, uh, what three things would you take that have to fit into a suitcase with you to survive the night? How big is my suitcase? If I folded someone up small, can I actually stash someone in It's just you by yourself with one suitcase. That's all. (laughs) So I've I've got nowhere to hide the bodies. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, if I'm going to spend the night in a haunted house, what am I going to take with me? I am going to take... A right. flashlight, because you don't go out in the dark. You've got to take a flashlight with you. And I am going to take my phone, because I'm going to call for help. I'm not just going to sit there by myself and wait to get eaten by the monsters. And I am going to take a honking big <laughs> stick. <laughs> because if, if any monsters come near me, ah, that's it. I think it's the big knobbly <laughs> stick time. It's the shillelagh. Yeah, ain't nobody getting me. Thank you very much. There oh, we go. That's goodness. what I'll take like, to, my, to the haunted house. When you said, I'm going to take a big stick, and I'm, it was a pause, and I'm like, what, of butter? What was the stick of what? <laughs> you mean like a stick stick? I got it. I got it. <laughs> got it. Yeah, got it. Okay. a big wooden right, club. So what, oh, <laughs> what I'm going to take to So to, what are you going um, to take? My haunted house. Uh, I am going to take, um, well, I don't want to really want to take a light, a, a torch because it's, but let, let me take a lightsaber because it, it could be a weapon as well as a light. So, oh, but I want the yeah. red one because I'm, I'm feeling a little on the dark side. Um, like you're definitely a red purple, lightsaber. Red is good. Um, I'm going to take um, a hockey mask because, uh, well, you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you can get a scared and of my right third, now. my third item would be. It's a bit of a combo item, but it, it's one, but it's a combo piece. So I would take a holster uh-huh. with two water pistols loaded with holy water. So Ooh. I've got my little weapon yeah, no, with my holster and my That's... holy water. I've got a little Star Wars with lightsaber and mm-hmm. a wee bit of Jason with the hockey mask. So <laughs> that should cover every avenue <laughs> that presents itself to me during the night. That sounds fantastic, and I'll be standing right behind you. Just, <laughs> I've, got, I've got your She's back. Got the holy water behind her. <laughs> Daily, I'm like, I should. <laughs> you should have brought salt. No, 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 salt. No, no, we need like salt, and then I could feel that. Ah, uh, God, if I thought about this a little. Uh, and, and, I, then, and then, yeah, te- and then, and then tequila and a bit of lime, and we'll be awesome. Put the tequila in. You bring the salt and the lime. Totally a haunted night to remember. I tell you. See, actually, holy all we need is a priest, then we could have holy tequila. I like the way you think. How all cool right. would that Let's be? Let's see that. There's our haunted night. Yep. With with <laughs> nailing the vampires. Don't be with jealous. Tequila I want to. They'll just go oh. saddle me up. Let's go. 
you see, before we know it, it's a rave and uh, everybody's drunk. I like it. A plan with no obvious All problems. Right. Definitely well, good. Like okay, our, we're, we're our off. first episode for season ah. two is going to be done. Ah. How exciting! We're off to our, it our is. Off and wow. running. We've broken the stables on season two, and um, and we're off to a flying start. And oh, looking forward to so um, we do. We do. Season two, we have an interview coming up midweek. We have had no break to have our author interviews in the centre of this this uh, podcast. So what we're actually doing is look out for us on a Wednesday. Um, well, I'll be putting it up on a Wednesday. That could be your Tuesday. I'm not sure. Um, that'll be our author mm-hmm. interview day. So where we spend a little bit more time with our authors, we get to dive a little bit deeper into their creative minds and find out a few extra secrets that might surprise you. Um, so that's midweek author interviews now and our regular Sunday podcasts. So double the trouble. Absolutely. And double the joy it. and half See, the weight it. to hear us and we're again. Just, we're, we're giving podcasts. That? We just keep on giving. Uh, hopefully they love it and keep on listening. That's <laughs> what we want. Of course. Indeed. And and as with season one, of course, we're still going to be doing shout outs for people who yes, need to absolutely. tell the world about what's Anything going on Anything that with them. you think that what the book can help you with, please DM, DM us. Uh, we will do our best to support you, to encourage you and to shout out whatever news that you might have to tell the world. Uh, we are indie authors. We are talking for indie authors about indie authors. So, you know, we're here for you. Fantastic. Yes, and yes. We um, will be of course, doing this all again next week. On social medias. Uh, most of us, or definitely the three of us, are on Twitter, uh, and and all of our links are on What the Book Podcast or What the Book at What the Book Podcast on Twitter. Find us. Um, come talk to us. Tell us what you think. Um, if you have a burning question that you want answered on What the Book, or perhaps you have a challenge for one of us, oh, that'd be fun. Have a challenge for one of us and, and see what we can come up with. Yeah. See if you can stump it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we're, we're right. game so for that. Until that's next all week, good. Bookers, I guess that's a wrap. Thank you, David, for joining me today while we have our sleeping princess. Uh, it has been fun. I, we, we've missed him and uh, looking forward I to hope getting the book him is back going on board. Tell him it, that it's he's been a fun. This has princess. been good. He's our little sleeping beauty. <laughs> oh, Caleb. All right. I'll see you next week, David. Talk later, bookie. We'll see.